Well, kia ora, hello and welcome to the Coast Vineyard Podcast. Whether you're a regular or a first-time listener, it's so good to have you listening in. We hope and pray that wherever you may find yourself at today, that the message that you're about to hear would be helpful for your journey of faith. So without further ado, let's get into this week's message. Well, hi, good morning. It's great to have you with us here this morning. Thanks so much, Rachel and Stanley, for uh, telling us about all the things that are going on. We're so glad that you could join us because we are just starting a new series. So if this is your first Sunday with us, you're coming at just the right time. Uh, But if you are a regular here, then uh, this will just be another installment of our ongoing journey together as we keep looking at God's Word, Uh, in terms of how it is that we live out our faith and our relationship with him. And so the series that we're about to launch into for this next few weeks is called Going Deeper. And really today, I just want to unpack that a little bit and and explore the invitation that God has for each one of us to go deeper with him in this season of our lives. It's, uh, It's an interesting thing to me that we plan our preaching series like six to 12 months in advance of when we're actually speaking. And we pray um, as a team of pastors and about what it is that God might be wanting to speak to us as a people. And and we've kind of come to this really interesting part of our um, history together. And and this is the series that we uh, had put in all those months ago. And yet it seems incredibly timely, doesn't it? Just this opportunity to be able to uh, revisit again this whole idea of going deeper with God. And in a season like this, that really is something that probably many of us are just sort of pondering. Bring It's bringing up a whole lot of things for us to think about in relation to, to that. And so it seems like, you know, this is a really great opportunity for us to be able to just push pause a little bit in the midst of us navigating life in a different kind of way of doing life, uh, to be able to just reflect again and, and notice what it is that God is inviting us into. Now, if you stop and think about this whole idea of going deeper, I don't know what comes to mind for you, but as I was pondering that, a couple of things came up for me. Um, I married uh, Matt, who you would have heard other weeks, and uh, and if I haven't introduced myself, sorry, I'm Jacinda. I'm one of the pastors here at Coast Vineyard, and my husband Matt used to be an engineer, and he spent most of his uh, professional career doing project management of engineering projects, and Uh, So I have learnt, over 30 years of marriage, I have learnt a lot, more than I probably would care to know about all things engineering, about roading, about dams, about, um, you know, like the stuff that engineers find exciting. Um, And and one of the things I remember that he's talked to me about at different times is this whole thing of um, digging foundations. Um, I love that program, Grand Designs. Anyone with me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Such cool houses that they build. But um, the foundations of a house, turns out, are really important. And and Matt's told me stuff about this as well, like foundations for roads, foundations for all sorts of things that you build are really, really crucial because... um, you know, whatever uh, you do with your foundations impacts what you can build. The size, the the site, the site, the height, the scale of a, a building project is determined by its foundations. 
And I know watching some of those grand designs programs, that's, that there are times when um, they encounter all sorts of tricky things when they start digging down for their foundations. And they have to work through a whole lot of stuff, but it's crucial that they do because otherwise they can't build uh, the dream home, you know. And so um, it just got me thinking about this whole thing of how crucial our foundations are, like digging down, going deep. And uh, I know that, um, I don't know a lot about building, but the bits that I do know, I know that if you want to go high, you've got to go really deep. And, uh, and so hence, you've got to go dig down um, and go deeper. And Jesus talked about building as well. There was that parable in Matthew 7, uh, verse 24 to 27, where he tells the story of two houses, where one house is built on sand and one house is built on a rock, and how they withstand the storms of life, how the one on sand doesn't withstand the storm when it comes and it falls away, whereas the one built on rock that had this really solid foundation could withstand anything. So that's one thing that I kind of have been pondering as I think about going deeper. But I think what resonates with me more is more of an agricultural, horticultural kind of a vibe. And Jesus went there as well. Um, but I've found myself in the last little while having different conversations randomly with different people about plants of all things. Uh, but there's this whole organic nature to plants that I think lends itself really well to this idea of us exploring what going deeper can mean for us. I was talking to my daughter in London uh, just this last week, her and her husband are living there, and she has this um, ficus, fiddle leaf fig, um, which is a beautiful plant when it's doing well, but hers is sadly not. It's like gone to like little sticks with the odd leaf that's sort of hanging in there but loads of the leaves have grown you know I've just dropped off and she's like mom you know what what do I do and I had she turned her phone around so I could see it and um and it turns out that it was root bound all its roots were all you know all tangled up intermingled tightly bound inside a pot that was just too small for it and so she's gonna, when she gets the chance, be able to like get a bigger pot, put really good potting mix in there, loosen up those roots and allow them to be able to spread out and go deeper to be able to be healthy and thriving. Another one of my plant stories of late is, uh, is a plant that I have in my office and it's a beautiful palm, pony tree, um, ponytail palm and uh, it's got this weird white fluffy little bug on it that's having a go at it and it's it's causing it not to do well and so I'm having to change the environment that it's in um, and I'll need to get some spray or something for it once we can actually, you know, get out of the house um, to be able to help that to do well. So it's sort of getting attacked by this thing on the outside. And my other claim to fame in terms of plants is that I am successfully growing a maidenhair fern. Now, for those of you non-green fingery type people, you may not realise just what a fickle plant this is, but it is super temperamental. It's like it's got to be in just the right place with just the right amount of water and light and temperature and no draughts and this, that, you know, it's like it just needs, it's high maintenance. And when I first got it, I uh, put it in a, in a place and it's just started curling up its leaves and, and not doing well. And so I moved it again and it still wasn't doing well. And in the end, I had to kind of give it this whole, quite a brutal haircut, like prune all these dead bits off. So that then I finally found a spot that it actually is starting to 
shoot out new pieces of growth. Only after I'd experimented with a few different places and positions and um, all the conditions that it needed and it needed a bit of a, a lopping off of the dead stuff as well. And, and all of that um, plant life, is, it's all those things you've got to do to actually help your plants grow. Now, I have to admit, I'm a novice when it comes to plants, actually. Um, my parents are the ones who uh, have the claim to fame. They have spent their lives learning how to grow things really well. And so if ever I'm in doubt, I always just talk to them. They have learnt how to do different things with different plants and different seasons so that they just get this great um, crop of like fresh fruit and vegetables and beautiful garden and all those kinds of things. And they may not have thought that I was listening, but I was because I know that they have had to do, you know, feed the plants. They've had to prune them. They've had to water them. They've had to spray them. They've had to weed. They've had to do all these things in order to help these, these plants to do well, to flourish. What's in the soil is really important as well because what's in the soil affects the health and the vitality and the fruitfulness of the plant. And Jesus referred to plants as well, didn't he? He had another parable that we see in three of the Gospels and it's where he talks about the sower scattering seed. And, and um, we had Amy actually preach a message on that in January. It was just fantastic and it has really stuck with me this year. It's like what kind of soil is the seed planted in. And in the parable, Jesus is actually talking about the state of our hearts and the different responses that there can be to his invitation and to his word um, in our lives. And we have a part to play in, in that, is in terms of how uh, well that becomes embedded, you know, that Jesus' word becomes embedded in our lives and how fruitful that becomes. And, and so this whole thing of going deeper, it seems like a bit of a partnership between the gardener and the, the seed, the soil. You know, there's this dynamic kind of relationship that happens. Now, like plants, we as people are designed for growth. It's probably why when we feel, you know, we're in those seasons where we feel like we get a little bit stuck, that we get a bit frustrated with that because we're not really designed for being stuck, you know, in just one place, in one circumstance or in one mode of being. We're designed for growth. And you'll remember if you were with us at Easter that we revisited that whole idea that, you know, Jesus came to do life with us, that he is God with us. And one of the things that Jesus said about his coming in John chapter 10 verse 10 was that he came to give us life and life to the full. And what he was talking about is that spiritual life. We talked about that at Easter, is that Jesus has come to bring us alive spiritually. And we have this invitation for that life to be vibrant and full and, and flourishing, which would indicate that we have deep roots. Like if we're looking at the analogy of a plant, the, the plant that is flourishing and fruitful and vibrant is the one has, that has healthy, deep roots. And that's what we're wanting to lean into, this idea of going deeper, of developing a healthy root system in our lives with God to be able to then be flourishing and healthy and fruitful. So maybe this season that we're in is a good time to do some gardening. Gardening in our lives. You know, we're living in this unique moment in history. 
and we're never going to forget this. I mean, this is the stuff that they're going to teach our grandkids about, and that you know, remember that time. Well, they'll they'll come over and they'll go, Grandma, you know, remember that time when there was that global pandemic, and you know, and it changed this and that, and because we'll have the benefit of hindsight by then, and we'll be able to see the impact that it has. And I wonder what we want to remember about this time that we are living right now you know I don't know about you but I don't remember the days where it's just my mundane ordinary you know doing the washing cleaning my house uh, going to work you know the days are not always that significant but these feel like really significant times don't they so what do we want to remember about what happens in this time what's formed in us in this time you know, it's this, I wonder if there's this opportunity for us in this season that we find ourselves in for us to look at this whole thing of going deeper with God, for us to choose what is most important to us. I think for a lot of us, we're in this season where everything, it's like all the balls have been thrown up in the air and we can choose a little bit, be intentional about what are the things that actually we want to put in place in terms of how we're living now, what serves us well now, but also what serves us well as we continue forward from this moment in terms of who we're becoming as followers of Jesus. It's an opportunity for us to consider, you know, what do we want to give ourselves over to? You know, do, the invitation is there for us to allow God to transform us in this season. Personally, I don't want to come out of this whole experience and just be the same. I want, I want God to somehow use this whole thing to form me in really significant ways, to, to take me deeper with Him, to create, you know, more intimacy in my relationship with Him. I, I don't want to just mark time through this time. I can come out the same or I can come out changed for the better and that's what I'm hoping for for me personally but I'm also that's what I'm praying for for us as a church. God would you do in us whatever you want to do. Use this whole set of circumstances to create in us what is good for us. What is going to lead us to life. What is going to lead us more into God's love. What is going to lead us into more of him. Because it's all an invitation. All of it is invitation. Whenever you hear anything that feels pressured or forced, that, that's, not, that's not what we're trying to do. You know, this more is an opportunity where I think God is inviting us to just pause, to reflect and to pay attention to where I'm at with God right now. And, and then responding to his invitation for what's next. And that's going to look different for each one of us because we're all on a unique journey with him. It's not a cookie cutter, one size fits all, we all do the same thing, it all looks the same. It's not. It's one of the beautiful things about a relationship with God is that he, he knows each one of us intimately. And so our journey of going deeper with him is going to have some unique aspects to it. In saying that though, there is some, there is throughout history, these rhythms and practices that we can lean into and engage in and practice ourselves that are kind of, they've kind of worn the test of time, you know, and, and borne good fruit in, in followers of Jesus throughout history. And it's some of those we're going to explore over this next few weeks. 
And I think as we consider this whole invitation of going deeper with God and, and of coming alive spiritually, we need to remind ourselves that this isn't just for a few. It's not just for the chosen few, you know, the ones who seem to be more put together than us, who are seemingly um, more spiritual than us. All of us are included in Jesus's invitation. He came that all of us would, would come alive spiritually. And I know for me, I'm going to let you into a bit of a secret. I wish that I could say that I am some spiritual genius who has had this all figured out ever since I was young. And, um, you know, I'm one of these profound spiritual leaders that seem to exist in other places. But I am just a regular person. Uh, sorry. <laughs> uh, I came to faith when I was young uh, and drifted away and then came back again in my uh, early 20s. And so I experienced, you know, my formative uh, teenage years being, you know, in relationship with God, in relationship with his people. And then some stuff happened that really messed me up, um, not because of the church, just some life stuff got in the way. Where, and I just turned my back on all of that for a few years. But it seemed like even before that happened, I really struggled with this whole idea of not being good enough. Um, especially when it came to all these things spiritual, it just seemed like I was a bit too earthy. Um, maybe I just wasn't spiritual enough, you know, like it seems like look from the outside looking in, it's just seemed to be easier, you know, for a whole bunch of other people. I was never good at that whole routine thing of like, you know, the morning quiet time. Um, I'll, I, I've got to admit, in terms of my personality, I like variety. Routine and maintenance is just really hard. And, and so I just could never get that going. I'd do it for a wee while and then I'd fall off the wagon and, and it was just like, oh my gosh, I'm just like the worst person at this. I, I fell into that trap of um, thinking that it was all about doing enough of the right things and feeling like I was failing at it all the time, honestly, for years, years and years and years. Struggled with that all through um, raising my kids. You know, when I had small kids, you know, I just could never quite figure out where to factor into the day even, how to, how to have a quiet time. Um, my spiritual life often felt really weighty and, and a difficult thing um, when, it, when it was trying to conform to the set of rules, you know, that I felt like I had to do. It changed along the way and I'm not really sure when it changed, but it, but the, it shifted massively when I went from thinking I had to conform to a whole set of rules to be able to do this right, to me then realising this is actually about me responding to God's personal, unrelenting, persistent, loving invitation to just follow him and to get to know him better, to, to learn how to do life with him. It was a gradual thing. But for me, you know, I realized that life with Jesus is essential. You know, Richard Foster, who has written a whole lot of just the most brilliant stuff in terms of helping us um, follow Jesus, says this, what is essential is life with Jesus, interactive relationship with the great God of the universe and inner transformation into Christ likeness. So anything that we do, you know, spiritual practices are super helpful for us and we're going to explore those in the next few weeks. But they serve that ultimate desire of doing life in relationship with Jesus. 
that is what it's all about. This whole thing of going deeper serves that. That desire, that goal, that way of wanting to do life, of just doing it with him, in relationship with him, of learning what that looks like, what that feels like, how that's lived out in reality. That's what we want to give ourselves to. And, I, and, and that's what I really took to heart. And so, you know, as I listened to Amy in January preach about, you know, the seed falling on different kinds of soil, that still challenges me to this day. It motivates me to consider again, after 30 years of following Jesus, will I keep saying yes to God's invitation to till up the soil of my heart to allow my roots to go deeper still? It's a wonderful thing. The more that I have read, uh, you know, of some of the, the um, church fathers and mothers who have gone before us, it seems like there's just still so much more. I've been doing this for 30 years and I'm just not there yet. I'm still learning. I'm still blown away by, by God and by his love for me. And that's what keeps me in the game. It keeps pulling me forward. I determined a long time ago, I was like 21, I think, that I didn't want my faith to just be this a convenient sort of add-on to my life or um, you know anything that was sort of superficial. Superficial just was really, I'd rather not. You know, it was kind of, I'm all in or I'm all out. None of the superficial in-between stuff really suited me. And, and so that's what kind of kept pulling me forward. It's like, God, it seems like other people have been able to live into that and live that out in their lives. I want that. I am all in for that. I want to go deeper with him. It's like I've had enough of a taste of God to make me hungry for more and dissatisfied with the things that just don't help me get there. Sometimes a little slow on figuring out what some of those are, I have to be honest. But for the most part, you know, it's just, it's just slowly, slowly, day by day, step by step, decision by decision, choosing to just keep turning up, you know, and trying to do my part as well as that I know how to do it. And oftentimes I haven't known what to do and, uh, and I've been super encouraged as I've discovered that other people have felt like that as well. Thomas Merton, who was a monk, a poet, a mystic, a theologian, an activist, he has this prayer and I t just totally resonate with it and I'll share it with you. My Lord God, I have no idea where I'm going. I do not see the road ahead of me. I cannot know for certain where it will end. Nor do I really know myself. And the fact that I think that I'm following your will does not mean that I'm actually doing so. But I believe that the desire to please you does in fact please you. And I hope I have that and I know that if I do this, you will lead me by the right road, though I may know nothing of it or about it. Therefore, will I trust you always? Though I may seem to be lost and in the shadow of death, I will not fear for you are ever with me and you will never leave me to face my perils alone. Isn't that awesome? Just that thing of, that's kind of what I've leaned into in terms of going deeper with God, in terms of um, trying to lean into uh, living out my faith in a way that is real and dynamic, is just my desire is to want 
to do God's will, even if I'm not always sure what that is. And I think that that makes him happy. And I trust that he's going to lead me in it. So for each one of us, as we're listening to this today, that's that's the God we can trust, the master gardener who knows what is next for each one of us. To be able to go deeper, to be able to have that spiritual life just come alive more and more and more. So we just keep at it. We keep showing up. We keep trying to do our part as best we know how and, and rely on all of the part that God can do and only he can do. Sometimes, you know, we aren't feeling like we're able to do very much. And, and some of us, as we listen to this, may be feeling like that exact thing today. And that's okay, because what I've discovered is that God is faithful in all of this. He is at work in us interiorly. In terms of us going deeper with God, he is deeply involved in that journey. As Thomas Merton says, I will trust you because you will lead me by the right road. God will lead us in this. Even if we're feeling really muddled and lost, we can lean into that. We can choose to keep trusting. He is the one who does the heavy lifting in this relationship. Another quote from Richard Foster. The Christian idea of spiritual formation is very simply the formation and confirmation and transformation of the human personality, body, mind and spirit into the likeness of Jesus Christ. It is the renovation of the heart that we are after in spiritual formation. This inward work is much harder than mere outward conformity. This is not about us just following a bunch of rules. This is about us responding to the work that God does within each one of us interiorly. In Romans 12 verse 2, Paul reminds us, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds. And that renewing of our minds is an activity, an ongoing activity of the Holy Spirit. He is at work within us if we allow him to be. And even sometimes I think he does it anyway. But we have a part to play. And so over the next few weeks, we're going to unpack some spiritual practices and resources that can help us to keep our hearts open to and pliable with God. That's what they are there for. They are just tools that can equip us as we seek to dig deeper. But the practices aren't an end in themselves. They serve to keep our hearts attuned, aligned and available to the activity of God in our lives and to deepen our awareness of him in our day-to-day -day coming and going. And that's what we're going to explore together over this next few weeks. Dallas Willard, who was a wonderful writer and theologian, says this. He reminds us that we can become like Christ by doing one thing by following him in the overall style of life that he chose for himself. If we have faith in Christ, we must believe that he knew how to live. The practices that we're going to lean into over this series are some of the things that we see Jesus weave into the rhythm of his life. And the invitation then for us is, as we're in this season, is to be able to notice God, where are you nudging me for what's next for me in each of these areas? And to begin to practice or to broaden our practice or go deeper with some of those practices at his invitation.
to just notice what is the next step. And that's going to be different for each one of us. And that's okay. Wherever you're at, God will meet you exactly there. We've got some resources that are on our website under our Grow and Resources area. A bunch of different things that you may even want to just jump on and have a look at in the interim to be able to start exploring some places to start with some of those things. But as we finish today, why don't we just take a moment and ask God to speak to us. So as you just sit for a moment, and the kids might be with you and it might be noisy, that's okay. God, God can, he can meet with us even in a bit of noise and busyness. But why don't we just pause for a moment and consider what is the master gardener doing in your life today? What life is God inviting you into? What does he want to bring to you? How is he inviting you to go deeper with him? What is his invitation? So why don't we just pause for a moment, just sit with that. And just allow him might be this that a thought drops into your head or your heart, a memory, a phrase, a picture even, that just captures your attention and speaks to you in this moment. Thanks again for tuning in to today's message. We hope and pray that it's been most helpful. If you're keen to find out more about us as a church whānau, you're welcome to go to coast.org.nz or of course we'd love to meet you in person. We meet at 10am at Orewa College on the beautiful Hibiscus Coast and you're more than welcome. Be blessed and have a great day.